everyone, before we jump into today's message, I've got a few little items of housekeeping that I like to take care of. Uh, the first is Easter. As all of you know, Easter's coming up next week, and probably for many of you, just like it is for me, what a strange time to be isolated at home. Actually, I think in my life, this will be the first Easter that I have not gathered with other believers outside of my family um, on Easter Sunday. And so I want to invite you to make the most of it. Actually, treat this as the day that we're celebrating Jesus' resurrection. Every Sunday's Resurrection Day, but specifically Easter is this time that we set aside in the church to focus on Jesus' death burial and resurrection. And so next Sunday, I want to encourage everyone to get up and uh, get ready. You don't have to put on a suit and tie or anything like that, but at least get up and get ready and prepare your family so that we can come together and celebrate what Jesus did for us over 2,000 years ago on the cross and when he was buried and then when he rose from the dead. Uh, So next Sunday, we're going to celebrate Easter together. What I want you to do is we have some images on social media. We also have them on the Bible app, if you're following on the Bible app, that you can share right now with your friends and family, your neighbors, your coworkers, inviting them to join Bethel online, Bethel at home. And so that's the first thing that I want to talk with you guys about. We want to celebrate together um, communion next week as well. So we'll talk about that at the end, about how you can be ready to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. The second thing is uh, the partnering with us um, on social media. There's something that's happening right now in our world where since we can't gather, a lot of us are disconnecting. Others are incredibly connecting. And what I want to encourage you to do right now with Bethel, you can partner with us by liking, commenting, and sharing everything that comes out of Bethel Community Church on Facebook or on Instagram. And so if you would partner with us this week, anytime you see a post, if you'd even put it on your calendar and every day look up Bethel's Facebook page and share, like, and comment uh, the, the stuff that we're putting out there, it would be very encouraging to your friends and family, your coworkers. And I think through this message, through the encouragement, we'll be able to see a lot of people in our community hear about Jesus. You may not be here at our physical location to open the doors, but you can open the door to the gospel to every single person that's connecting online. And so would you partner with Bethel as we um, find people that are disconnected spiritually from God and we connect them to him through Jesus Christ and the message of hope? I'd like to pray for you, and then we're going to jump into dangerous message. Let's pray. God, we are grateful for Jesus. We know that because of him, we have hope. Um, We know that because of him, we have, um, God, the opportunity to know you, to be connected to you, to come to your presence. And God, there's a world around us that has not experienced this hope, that is panicking. And I pray that, God, that our church, Bethel Community Church, right here in Yukon and in Orlando, would be a beacon of hope, would be a place where we could um, express and share and, God, give out the hope that we have in Jesus, that we'd be always ready to give an answer to the hope that's in our hearts. And so, God, this morning, as we dig into Judges, we dig into the life of Gideon, may we realize that this is not far different than our current experience, and you've allowed us to study this for such a time as this. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've got a question for you to get started. How do you acknowledge or recognize a dangerous person? Like, if you're out on the street or if you're in the community, what characteristics do you look at to recognize a dangerous person? Do you look at their clothing or the way they're walking, or do you possibly um, listen to their accent? And the reason I'm saying this is because I lived in Costa Rica and Central America for most of my life growing up and then some of my adult life, and I stuck out like a sore thumb. People knew that I was not from there. People knew that I was not a, a person that's, that was Costa Rican, and so I stuck out. And so people would come up, and they would talk to me, and they would want to hear my accent. 
Well, the cool thing is, is I got to, over time, trick them with my accent and I sounded just like they did. So if I talked to somebody on the phone, uh, they didn't know that I wasn't Costa Rican. Well, when I moved back to Oklahoma, I blend right in with everybody else. And so you have to be socially aware and recognize people and say, okay, so how do I recognize when someone is actually dangerous? Or how do I recognize when someone might cause me harm? We have to be aware. And I think one of the best things or one of the best ways that you and I can acknowledge or recognize a dangerous person is through the words that come out of their mouth. Because words can be dangerous. Now, we're in this series called Dangerous, a pursuit of your pursuit of a fearless life, and we're talking through the different ways that we are dangerous as followers of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God lives in us, and He makes us uh, physically dangerous. He makes us spiritually dangerous. He makes us emotionally dangerous. He makes us mentally dangerous. And we've been talking through how once we acknowledge that, once we acknowledge that we are dangerous, there is a message that God has placed in our hearts. There is a word that God has placed in our spirit. And if we would open our mouths, our mouths would become deliverers of a dangerous message. Why, why is it dangerous? Why would I say that this message is dangerous? Because this message has the chance to completely change someone's life, to change the course of someone's life from life or from death to life. Scripture says that people are lost or spiritually disconnected from the Father. And Jesus came to give us life. And we as believers, we as followers of Jesus, have an opportunity to share the message that would radically, drastically change the course of someone's life. That's why it's dangerous. That's why the message that we have in our hearts is dangerous. Now, I wonder when you talk to someone, is their speech more hate-filled or hope-filled? Do they give you hope or they give you fear? As we're walking through this series over the last eight weeks, we have an opportunity right now for us to realize that in us, we are dangerous messengers. God has called you to live a fearless life. God has called you to live a dangerous life. Not that life itself is dangerous, even though it seems pretty dangerous right now, but because it's dangerous because you are the dangerous person. Now, we're looking at uh, this story of Gideon, and as you've read through the story of Gideon in in Judges chapter 6 and then going into Judges chapter 7, It's interesting to see this man that God called when he was hiding in the bottom of a wine press, and he called him into a dangerous activity, into a dangerous mission, and he actually put the words in his mouth to call people to himself. Now, one of the clear clear parts of clear communication or to be a dangerous message is clear communication. We need to make sure that we are clear and understand the message of Jesus Christ. Because in our lives, we have tons of options. There's a lot of things that we can spend our time doing. But once the Spirit of the God lives in us, once the Spirit of the living God is in us, we have to choose what is great over what is simply good. We definitely need to eliminate the bad from our lives. But we also need to eliminate some of the good in our lives in order to be dangerous. To be a dangerous person, we've got to get on this path of greatness and eliminate the bad and eliminate those things that are good. And I want to read the rest of the story of Gideon to, Gideon to you in chapter 7. But before I do that, I want us to understand three things. I want, us, I want you to know that God has prepared you for this time. You could have been born in any other time in history. You could have been born in any other age. But God called you and God put you on this earth, on this planet, for now. And so you are made by God 
for this time. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is that God has given you all you need in your heart and in your spirit to make a difference in this world and to push back darkness. You have everything you need. The spirit of God is in you. The third thing is, is that he has connected you to a spiritual family. Many of you call Bethel Community Church home, and this is the spiritual family that he's connected you to so that we can connect spiritually disconnected people to God. And so those three things, if you have that in your mind, you were born for this time. You are here for this time. You have everything you need, and you're connected to a spiritual family. Those three things are going to make a difference in your life as you share the dangerous message of Jesus Christ. God came to Gideon in a wine press. He assured him, he equipped him, and he sent him. Let's see the rest of the story there in Judges chapter 6. Let's look at verse 16, and we're going to read it right on through, okay? It says right here, He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a jar, a clay jar with a torch in it. Then he said to them, Keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I, as I and those with me blow the ram's horn, blow your horns too. All, over the, all around the entire camp, and shout, For the Lord and for Gideon. Verse 19. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly they blew the ram's horn, broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands. And they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as the Midianites rushed around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horn, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. So how do we become dangerous people with a dangerous message? We see it right here in this passage at the climax of the story with Gideon. The first thing is we need to pick the right time. If you see there in verse 19, they attacked or they, they surrounded the Midianite camp at the edge of the camp right after midnight, right after the changing of the guard. Now, if you can imagine with me for a minute that it's midnight, it's nighttime, it's dark, you just got woken up for duty to go watch guard, and you've been in this place, it seems like weeks, and it's dragging on night after night. You're a little sleepy. You're getting acclimated to the darkness with your eyes. And after a yawn, right before your eyes get adjusted, you hear a loud horn. You hear shouts all around. You see a bright light in your face. And I know for a fact that you just got scared out of your mind. This is exactly what happened to the men in the Midianite camp. They were surrounded. What looked like thousands of men shouting, blowing their horns and lights in their face. Timing is everything when it comes to being a dangerous follower of Jesus. We're placed in this world for this moment at the right time. The time is right. The time is here. People are panicking and we can share Jesus with them. Why is this so important? Have you ever had a conversation with someone and then later on wished you had said something else or a bunch of thoughts came to your mind after you talked to them? This is what happens to me all the time. In the moment, I don't think of what I should have said. But the next day, oh man, all these things, thoughts come into my mind like I should have said that or I should have made this point. After the conversation is over, we think of a dozen things that we wish we would have said. Well, right now is the time. It's the perfect time for us to stand up, to share hope, 
and to make a difference in the world around us. This is not the time to be silent. We should pick the right time. The second thing is, is we need to surround ourselves with the right people. Gideon divided 300 men into the groups of, th- of 100, and then these 100 men spread around the edge of the Midianite camp. Which, which group would you rather be a part of? Would you rather be a part of the ones that were surrounding the camp or the ones in the tents being surrounded? Now, remember last week we talked about those who have your back, making sure that people that are not fearful that they would have your back, make sure the right people are around you and the right people have your back. We need the right people around us. It's been said that you're the average of the five people you spend the most of your time with, or you've heard, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You compound this by the six degrees of separation that you've heard about. Anyone you spend time with, even if it's those five, that spends time with other five people will eventually influence you. It's very important that we have the right people around us at this time. You need people that will encourage you. You need people that will empower you. You need people that will inspire you. You need people that will challenge you. And you need people that will call you out. That's why as a church, it is so vital for you to come and to gather, even if it's digitally. I heard a pastor say, even now in this disconnected time where we're not together to gather together, he said, make sure you don't you know, technically disconnect as many of you have um, the custom to do. We need to make sure that we're connecting, even if it's online, even if it's with a phone call, even if it's with a text. You need good people around you to motivate you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. Third thing is, is we need to keep our eyes up. We need to keep our eyes up. Notice verse 17 that Gideon told his men to keep their eyes on him and do as he did. This reminds me of Jesus when he walked the earth. He actually called 12 men that would follow him, and he walked with them throughout Israel together. There was one moment where his disciples were on a ship, on a, on a boat in the middle of a lake, and on this lake there was a storm that came, and they got fearful, and they were panicked, and Jesus came walking on the water. If you've read the New Testament, you know this story of Jesus walking on the water. And Peter did something pretty amazing. He said, God, or Jesus, would you call me out to you? Can I come out and walk on the water with you? And Jesus said, yeah, come on out. And so Peter was looking at Jesus, walking over the waves that were rolling around him. And then as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, as soon as he got distracted, as soon as he looked at the chaos around him, he began to sink in the water. Peter began to panic. All along the way, Peter got distracted. And I think many times with us, we need to keep our eyes up. I know that we're living in incredibly chaotic times, but we need to keep our eyes up on Jesus. We need to keep our focus on him. We need to keep our eyes focused on the spiritual realities that are around us. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. You know that old hymn that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus? Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So keep your eyes up. Look to Jesus. He is here. The fourth thing is, is that we need to share the message. The message that Gideon and his men shared shook the valley. It shook those that were sleeping. It jolted them out of their somber, out of their uh, sleeping. They began to panic. He said, the sword of the Lord and Gideon. What a cool message. In their shout, there was victory. So what is our message all about? What, are the, what is the message that we're supposed to shout? You know what it is? Is Jesus is alive. There is hope. Without him, we are lost. There's a simple plan of the gospel that we can all understand and share with those people that are in need. We need to understand that we're a sinner and we have not met God's standard. 
We need to understand that there's a Savior, we need a Savior to rescue us, and that Jesus is that Savior. He is God. He took my place. I deserved what Jesus took upon himself. He forgives my imperfections. He loves me. And when I believe in him, he frees me from the eternal consequences of sin. In Jesus, I am free. In Jesus, I have purpose. In Jesus, I am forgiven, and I become spiritually connected with the Father, with Father God. Those around us need to hear this message. Those around us need this hope. And so all these four things, there's one last thing that is really important that we see with the men of Gideon, which is to stand your ground. Stand your ground. Scripture tells us that each man stood their ground. They stood in their place. We're living at a time where people are running away from problems and from this crisis. While a few stand, most run. A dangerous church that turns into a dangerous movement is a group of people that stand their ground when God calls them to. We need you to remain committed as a follower of Jesus Christ. We need you to remain consistent in your commitment to Christ. Don't stop sharing the message of hope. Don't be overcome with despair. Jesus is alive. Jesus is here. Jesus is working, and Jesus is drawing people to himself. The community around you needs to hear that more than ever. You are called to this fearless life. This is the right time. You need to get around the right people. You need to keep your eyes up on Jesus. Share the message of hope that Jesus died for you, and then stand your ground. We started this message before much of this chaos was around us. God was calling Bethel to be a dangerous church, to pursue a fearless life, and he promises, to be us, promises us that he'll be with us. Eight weeks ago, the first message in this series, I read Romans 8, 35 through 39. And I want to end today's message reading the same scripture, because in Romans 8, 35 through 39, we find hope that Jesus will never leave us and he'll never forsake us. Let these words of Scripture sink in. Romans 8.35 Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. When all else is uncertain, the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus is trustworthy. Wherever you're watching from, I'd like to invite you to pray, to cry out to Jesus, to give your life to Jesus. If you've never opened your heart and allowed Jesus to come in and save you, to redeem you, to change you, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. I'm going to pray a prayer that I'd like you to repeat with me. These words aren't magic. These words won't save you. These words won't change you. It's the intent of your heart. And if you feel right now the Spirit of God, if you feel like a drawing towards Jesus, that's God drawing you to himself. So would you pray with me wherever you are right now? Just say, Jesus, I accept and I acknowledge that I have sinned. I also accept that you are God, that you have the power to save me, to change me, 
and to make me new. Right now, I invite you into my life. I invite you to change me. Thank you so much for the salvation that I receive from you. Help me now to experience the assurance of that redemption in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer with me this morning, wherever you are, would you please connect with us? Because we'd love to help you with your next steps. We'd love to connect you on your spiritual journey and walk with you and help you grow in your relationship with God. We'd like you to learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so if you'll go to mybethel.cc slash connect and fill out that card, we'd love to connect with you and help you on the spiritual journey. I want to encourage you that Jesus has given you all that you need to take next steps in your life. Jesus has given you all you need in order to live this dangerous life. At the end of the story of Gideon, we saw that these men stood in their place around the camp. We saw that these men actually did not move or run away. I want us today, as we wrap up this series of Dangerous, Your Pursuit of a Fearless Life, I'd like us to worship together and sing the song, Stand in Your Love. There's nothing that can separate us from his love. And as we gather and worship together about stand in your love, let's remember that Jesus has given us all that we need to stand and pursue the fearless life.
is power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. This resurrection power that can save. Power in your name. Power in your name. Let's look at that together. There's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. This resurrection power. part of that story in Gideon when we see the men standing around um, the Midianites and they don't even have weapons. They have torches and um, pots and trumpets and the Midianites were so scared that they killed each other. They didn't even have to go into battle and kill anyone. And what that reminds me of is what we just talked about. When we look to our leader and when we listen to the message and we convey the message correctly that God can accomplish his will in spite of us. I think we get so nervous sometimes. What if I mess up? What if I don't share it right? But if we are keeping our eyes on him and we are sharing the message that he asks us to share of hope and love, that he will get the glory and he will see us through. And in spite of whoever we are, he can use us for his glory. And we like to think that it's about us and we like to think that we have something to do with it. But really in the end, Jesus will accomplish the work and he wants to use us. He wants to work through us and actually share that message through us. And so 
my, my prayer is that we, Bethel Community Church, would be a dangerous church, dangerous movement, with a dangerous message that Jesus changes lives. So uh, next week, we want to talk about week. a couple things. Easter, I Man, can't believe it. It's wild. Easter's coming. Um, what we want you to do to get ready for Easter is we want you to prepare your family, um, prepare social media, share, like, comment, anything that we're putting out in order to get people connected online. The easiest way to invite someone to church, right? It really this is, is super it. easy. This is the easiest way. And this is a time where a lot of people are looking for hope, looking for a message, and there's a lot of noise and chaos there. Mm-hmm. And so why don't you invite your neighbors, friends, coworkers, your family to join us on Easter Sunday uh, so that we can celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. a great time to share hope. Um, also, we want you to prepare your family for communion, for the Lord's Supper. Um, we're, we want you to prepare your elements, get them ready, and then we're going to share together from afar the Lord's Supper. This will be a first for me, uh, maybe a first for many of you, yeah. but I know that together we can celebrate what Jesus did for us all those years ago and remember that we're announcing his coming every time we celebrate it as a family. So excited once again to share with you here at uh, Bethel at Home. Can't wait to see you again next week. Love you guys. We hope you have a great week. And remember, as you go through a week, no matter where you are, whether you're staying inside or getting out, that we as a church, we have a purpose and a vision. And we at Bethel exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus.